0: Shoesby Town riding high in fourth spot against Northampton, five places off the bottom of the Football League. On paper, it looks to be a decent chances for Shoesby Town, but as we all know, it never plays out so straightforward as that. So, hello and welcome back to the Satopcast Time Machine, number six in this uh, run of retro games we've been covering, Ollie. Um, This time we're going back uh, to a similar vintage that we reviewed a few weeks back when we looked at the Oxford 2 2 game, but we're going back to a, a, a game that season, and the date was 19th of November 2011, and a trip to Northampton, Ollie, which I believe we both went to and turned out to be a thoroughly enjoyable game.
1: Yep, I went to this game. I remember it. I got some quite vivid uh, moments. Not, I can't remember the whole game, obviously, <laughs> but the certain moments of the game, which um, yeah, a, a memory came sparking back during the during watching this game back. It was a an interesting one to watch back. Some some interesting moments. Some bits where I realised I was actually looking at my phone because not a lot was happening. Yeah, one <laughs> of those kind of games. But yeah, very um, interesting game to cover. Um, lots of goals. Um, lots of um, trips down memory lane um, So yeah, mm. um, some 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 interesting points to
0: cover Yeah, I mean it's not often town scores seven goals Home or away, is it? You know, it's not happened too many times since then And, and probably uh, not many times in the whole history of the club I'd imagine So any time you get seven, it is interesting it, it, We'll get to it as we go through the game But the town fans were chanting for it as we got towards the last couple of minutes But yeah, as we said, um, 2011-12 season Obviously we got promoted at the end of the year Um and yeah, it was it was early on in that season at a turner and, and just started to see the building blocks really, I suppose, in November of what that team went on to achieve, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it was good to see. Um yeah, quite clear. Um in terms of, yeah, how they wanted to play. Um, mm. And, yeah, it was it was interesting, interesting watching the team play. Um, and, yeah, interesting um, hearing Stu Dunn's comments. So, yeah, I definitely recommend watching this back. Um, Stu Dunn's very complimentary of the team that's been yeah. um, built. And I think that just kind of demonstrates itself in the bench. The bench is a formidable five-a-side team <laughs> in the history of Shrewsbury Town in the last of this century.
0: We'll get to him in a we we'll are go on, run through the bench. What was it, Ollie?
1: Um, yeah, so the bench was... I can't, remember, I can't remember the goal profile, man. I can't remember it. Ben is, Smith. I remember it was um, yeah, Ben Smith in goal Connor Goldson, Nicky Rowe, Ainsworth, and James Collins. It's not a, that's quite a dynamic um, side team, and it would actually work as well, wouldn't it? Because you've got um, two midfielders, mm. a striker, and um, a defender.
0: A bit of pace, a bit of trickery, yeah. Quite a
1: diamond. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. I mean, people will probably wonder why they were on the bench, but we'll, we'll move on to the game now and we'll cover the team selection and what quite was going on then. But um, yeah, really strong bench and just an indication of how strong that team was. So, yeah, we'll, we'll move on now and we will get into the match action. It's all over, Stuart. If we, we score a second goal, you'll see there. Uh, you'll see Northampton collapse like a pack of cars. I'm telling you, you know, they say, they say they're so fragile at the moment. OK, as we said, Northampton 2, Shrewsbury Town... Seven And uh, yeah We always like to give a bit of context to These games Before we really get into the match action Because you know it's, it's 2011 That's nine years ago Sometimes we forget quite what's going on Around the world of Shrewdbeetown So yeah We'd obviously started the season Really well this year Ollie. We'd won the last two on the spin um, Sat fourth in the league um, And we were just off the chasing pack For first place Which I think was held by Crawley at the time So we're, we weren't too far off then. we just won the previous week Against Newport County in the Cup as well Which was a good result So Full of confidence. Um, Northampton and Land Olly, they were not. They were managerless, having just sacked Gary Thompson earlier in the week. They sat 20th and they'd been knocked out of the FA Cup in the first round. So a bit of a completely different picture for us. Um, their manager for this game was a guy called David Lee. Um, he's ex-professional, but he was only caretaker manager. But the results went so badly in this game that they sacked him and put Tim Flowers in charge for their next game um, before they eventually appointed A.D. Boothroyd after that. Um, but yeah, it didn't really help Northampton um, with their manager. They got a bit worse as the season went on. Um, after this game, they went with a run of five games without a win, and were bottom of League Two. Um, and only a late rally in March kept them up really. So, an interesting comparison there, Ollie, in terms of a, a team full of confidence in a team that were absolutely devoid of it. And that definitely comes through in the game, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. Um, no surprise seeing there's a full end, pretty much full away end. Yeah, huge time, fantastic. fantastic load of fans. And obviously, after a few, let's say, dry years, um, <laughs> yeah, it was good to get to have a winning team. So yeah, there's over 5,000 fans um, packed into the ground. Um, yeah, interesting from a stats point of view, um, we only had 52% possession, which mm. sounds surprising when we win 7-2. Yeah. Um, we even had less shots than them. So <laughs> I think we'll come on to that during the game. Mm. Um, and we scored 7 from our 10 shots, Oof. which is... Just, yeah, 70% of your shots you score. That's pretty ruthless. Absolutely um, ruthless. And, yeah, Northampton, uh, we're a bit of a funny side. We've had some good results against them. We've had some interesting game, the Ogogo game, mm. um, where O'Toole elbowed him in the head um, and managed to get Ogogo sent off. Um, it's always a funny place to go. Um, you know, KFC before the game. I'm sure you played a KFC this day. <laughs> would, I think would. I definitely did on this one after playing football. I think I did, uh, yeah.
0: We'll cover yeah. that in the pre-match, Oli. you yeah, definitely played a part. <laughs>
1: And then Northampton had only won one at home in eight, so they weren't going well into this.
0: Yeah, another thing that I noticed watching these highlights back was there's a couple of people with some quite dodgy looking moustaches, Ollie, because it was November, yeah. and uh, a few of the lads. I remember Sharps and particularly Gornell had some very poor looking moustaches, um, which you can see in these you highlights. Remind me now,
1: I, actually, yeah, I went to the FA Cup away game and I was quite impressed. Gornell had a, quite a phenomenal tash. I think I actually made him um, my Facebook um, profile photo with that tash. It was that, that impressive. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was reading a programme from a couple of games afterwards and they were like, we were so glad to be able to uh, take them off. And Ian Sharps is is saying in the programme about how his wife really didn't like it and he was getting into a bit of trouble. So he was quite glad to see the back of it after this. But um, yeah, it's a a 4-4-2 versus 4-4-2, So it's always a bit easier to kind of make a judgment of what's going on on these highlights. Um, And really, just a quick one to say that, you know, not only were Town in good form, but defensively, they'd been having a really good run and they hadn't let a goal in for four and a half games. And I think when they eventually did let a goal in, um, it had been over 450 minutes and that had been the partnership of, of Sharps and Cancel Sheriff at centre-back. And we obviously talked about the Oxford game where Grandison played in there and played really well and made our top three. But yeah, it's nice to see Sheriff in there with Sharps because he was also a fantastic partner to him, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, no, he was. And um, yeah, this was this was, um, a well, left side and two central defenders, you know, a really good team, good balance. Mm-hmm. You know, having a solid left back and a good left slided central defender, and was really, really good. Um, yeah, I like that partnership of of, um, of Sharps and Cantwell Sheriff.
0: Okay, then in that case, then run us through the team. So the team for
1: Shrewsbury again, as you said, four four two. We had Hurst on loan for the Baggies. Um, we had Sharps, Sheriff, Jacobson, um, Wildig was on, Wildig was covering on the right wing. Mm-hmm. Um, McAllister and Richards in midfield, and right on the left wing. Um, and then we had uh, Morgan um, and Gornell up front.
0: Yeah, and as you we are saying, the reason a few few of the players were on the bench that might have started, particularly Ainsworth and Collins, um, there'd been a series of things going on in the weeks before this. We'd had a really hard game at Newport in the Cup, as we just mentioned then, and I think a lot of the plaids had starting to feel a bit leggy as you were getting into November, but also you'd had Collins away on international duty. Um, a couple of the lads who were on the bench were just sort of coming back from little niggles. Um, Ainsworth was rested. You know, When we listened to the commentary, it was definitely being rested, and, and so was Collins. So, um, obviously Collins does come on and we'll talk about that now. The, the big missed there of players that played the most games that season was Jermaine Granderson. Um, he picked up a hamstring injury in the game at Newport in the Cup. So you say we brought um, Hurst in from, from the Baggies um, and yeah, this was his debut which is interesting. Um, yeah. It was also Wilding's league debut. He played in the Cup and a couple I think maybe the League Cup but he hadn't actually started a, a league game yet. So yeah, you know, winner seventeen. I mean,
1: talking of strength, yeah, I mean, amazing. They haven't even got John Taylor in the team. No, nope. John Taylor had made a debut the season before, um, and yeah, his his breakthrough season was this this season. But he wasn't quite in the team yet. No,
0: nope, no, it was a really strong team, and that again that comes across. This in Johnny's commentary, he you can tell in November he's pretty excited about you know the team we've got and, and the strength and depth that um, that Graham Turner's brought in, and he was actually praising Turner for his loans because he'd obviously brought in uh, you know Wildig and Hurst on loan deals. At this point in time, and and, you know, didn't quite go loan crazy till we got up to League One. His League Two loans went quite well, Turner, but it didn't quite go so well in League One, I suppose. Um, But yeah, so really strong, good team. Northampton, on the other hand, obviously totally um, devoid of any confidence. But yeah, run through the names on this one, Ollie, because they they did have a few players you'll recognize the names of.
1: They had a good, decent team, a constant threat in this game. Um, So they had um, Sam Walker in goal, Jason Crow um, at right back, Ashley Westwood a very familiar name in Kelvin Langmead Central Defence yep. and ben, uh, ben Tosser who's playing left back now he's I don't like fullbacks being anywhere near six foot but this guy's <laughs> an absolute man mountain yes. I and mean, interesting he plays in defence midfield now for um, for Plymouth oh, um, right. so maybe he was covering there in midfield um, they had Davies Jacobs Niven and and Arthur and then um Fenya and um Beruhino up front, obviously know yeah. from West Brom, so another West Brom player. Um, but I think it's worth mentioning about Michael Jacobs. He was probably the best player in League Two in this in this era, I Having think. Said, of his he, was peers. Great. Yeah. he was a constant threat to us. and um, I remember him scoring an absolute wonder strike against us, um again in against the way end um, at Northampton. I don't know if it was that season or season after. Um, probably the season before because he was quite a hot property at this point mm. um, but you know they had some decent players in that team
0: they were definitely underachieved, didn't they? they there was yeah. a lot of things expected of them, as as, as um, Dunny said in the commentary as well. And you know, with some of the quality that they had there, you know, Aaron Davis was a Welsh international. Borini went on to to do big things before his career sort of got derailed. Obviously, Akinfenwa was done well at the lower levels. Um, Langman had been brilliant for us. So obviously, they had Jake Robinson on the bench as well, another name, and we'll, we'll talk about it when he comes on. But um, yeah. So they but they were missing two of their better players who played a lot that season, and um. Maybe that's what disrupted them, because they were missing Clark Carlisle at the back, who was a really good player, wasn't he? And and they were missing John Johnson, who was one of their regular players. So they had a couple of injuries. But again, you're right. I I think I'd agree with you. A very strong squad, Ollie. So, yeah, there we go. So what did you do in the morning, Ollie, before this game?
1: Um, Probably got up earlier than I did for work, (laughs) (laughs) Um, as rules of the case, and playing for the away supporters. Yeah, Yeah. and we um, had an away supporters game.
0: We did, We went down to Northampton and we won 3 0 versus the Northampton fans. And this is, we've obviously talked about me and you playing for the sports quite a few times on the podcast, but I think this is the first time where we can actually you know, talk about a game that we both played in Ollie. Because, yeah, the, the, I should run through this team really. Sam Morris, who's been on the podcast in goal. Mike Price, my brother, who's been on the podcast, he was right back. Um, Andy Groves and then Andy Davis, who's been on the podcast at centre back. And then you, Ollie Warner, left back, unusual.
1: Yeah, I was a, I, when I played <laughs> with the away Supporters. I was a bit of a utility player. Obviously I came into quite an established team. Yeah. So I'd say my career, wasn't really a career <laughs> um, as my Sunday league career and uni career was Right, the right wing or right back was my favourite position, but mm. here I was the, the Dennis Irwin. But I tell you what, this is a phenomenal left, left flank for the way supporters.
0: Yeah, because the mid, rest of midfield, right wing, Tim Clacot, and then central midfielder was our usual, usual pairing of Jerry Leahy and, and Steve Price, or PC as everybody knows him. And then, yeah, Ank Thomas sitting in front of you, and you obviously did a podcast with that last week, didn't you? So, yep. still got that link up play.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was it's was a good. I had a lot of good times. No, I was I was single, living in Birmingham, working for <laughs> Cadbury's, and this was a, a nice, good period of my life. This was playing for sports, making yeah. a lot of good friends.
0: That was good fun. And then yeah, up front, the main the main Dwayne derby esque striker William Price, <laughs> and then yeah, Dave Everson, record goal scorer for the club. And yeah, it was it was brilliant actually, to be fair. But you kept a clean sheet, Ollie, so you got to be proud of that. And. Yeah, I scored in this game as well, Ollie, so we both had a pretty good game, and, and I'm going to read you the description of, in the UA Sports stats of the goal, because this, this is brilliant. <laughs> so, Dave Everson plays a through ball through to Price, with a first touch, brings the ball neatly under control on the edge of the box, and on the run, opens his body and curls it around the right of the keeper, Ollie. So, do you remember that banger, or not? No, I don't <laughs> say. I don't even to be honest with you, but that's, that's what it said in the stats, so there we go, proof. Proof that I can talk about strikers because I I was occasionally able to score a half-decent goal. But yeah, that was quite funny. I mean, one of the things I remember very, very fondly about this game is that um, two of the lads I've just mentioned there, I think it was um, Tim Klecker and Steve Price who played in the team that morning, didn't have too much money on them that day. And they decided for some unknown reason to save some money and watch the game from the top of the hill and then they were going to go, and go on the fair that was at the top of the hill that day because it was like the family fun day and um, all I can remember is them sending us texts when it went to like maybe it was four or five you know two at the point and they were saying do you think if we come around they'll let us in and we would just send a message back saying no, no chance you're going to get let in now so yeah they they made a very very poor choice that day and missed to score seven goals which as you say doesn't happen very often so not the best not the best choice that will
1: no, it wasn't. No. Definitely <laughs> not bad, but definitely had a KFC before the game, definitely. which is always a, a a bonus for a Northampton trip.
0: It was, yeah. And there was some because it was family fun day. There was some awful X Factor performance, just singing for like twenty minutes before the game. Which again, for a League Two game as it was at the time, you don't normally get like live you know music before the game. So I remember that as well. But there we go. We all got in, all 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 in good spirits, no doubt, having had a win in the morning. And uh, game kicks off. I suppose you know we were a confident town to come to and do a job. So. To me, I thought you know the game was was pretty good really in terms of the start for town. Obviously, I think we were good in both halves in general, but we got at them straight away and it was noticeable. The first ball that we put forward, Gornell almost got in between the centre backs, and I think that was pretty clear. That was going to be Northampton's major problem in this first half. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um,
1: we're a, a strong attacking unit, um, mm. and this and we were a constant threat um, throughout this game.
0: Well, Langmye didn't just come in on loan to Northampton as well from Peterborough. So as much as we kind of Sort of synonymous with us and Northampton because he ended up playing a lot of games for them, didn't he? This was very early on in his time there, and I think that him and the, I think it was the other centre back, was it Westwood? Or I can't remember his name now. I'd have to go back up and look. Yeah, Westwood. Yeah, it was Westwood. They yeah. obviously hadn't got any sort of partnership yet, whereas our lads had had, had a few games together, so um, that wasn't good. Um, but yeah, I think that one of the things that stood out to me, and I think I remember thinking this on the day, and I remember thinking this about his whole career with us, was James Hurst being a really tidy player, and it was yeah. unfortunate he got injured so quickly into his time at the club.
1: Yeah, and I was just looking at him before we started, just like where where did he go and he currently plays, he didn't really push on in terms of his career as you'd expect, Um, played quite a bit non-league, which is surprising because at the time he seemed better than that to be honest.
0: He went off the rails a bit, didn't he, from what I can remember being talked about, yeah, I think think he did, but... He, he was class. I always thought, you know, he was a similar kind of player to James Tavernier, who, who we had on loan as well at right back, if you remember him. And then yeah. he's gone on to be a really good player at Rangers. And I thought Hurst had, had all the makings of being able to sort of, as you say, move on and, and do well in his career. But it didn't happen for him. But he, he was class in this game, to be fair. So um, yeah, it, that was obvious. Uh, I thought he stood out straight away in terms of, of a league debut, um, and also it was very obvious, Ollie, that what was Northampton's main tactic?
1: <laughs> Kick it long. Two. Soft. Akinfenya.
0: <laughs> Any team that Akinfenya plays in, that must be the only tactic they've got on they, it. Well, actually, we wanted
1: to talk about this, actually, so we can do it now. Are you a Go fan on. of Akinfenya?
0: I, I, I think you Would know. Would you me.
1: want it? Actually, let me, let me rephrase the question. Go on. Would you have ever wanted him? Do you ever regret that he wasn't in our team?
0: I do. I do quite like to have him. Yeah, I think that he offers something that very few footballers do at our level. Um, and and has played in teams that have done well, and you know, look at what's going on with Wickham this year, and he's been an integral part of that. And got got enough goals to to, to sort of be worth his well. And yeah, I quite like a big, cumbersome, difficult to mark striker. If you're going to play that tactic, you know, that's I mean, the
1: point for me. Yeah. If you're going to if you're going to play issue. that tactic, yeah. If you have him, you have to change your whole team. Totally. To him. Um, and I would never want to do that. Um, I'd never. I think, like you know, in League Two, yes, uh, maybe you know, got like, you know, Gary Peters' era, definitely sign him. He'd be perfect in a Gary Peters team, wouldn't he? And mm. we were playing that kind of football. But yeah. a team that wants to kind of push on um, and play, I don't know. I'd, yeah, maybe maybe the wingers we've got here would have been quite interesting. But yeah, for me. Not the kind of stress I'd want to, well, but, our team. But you're right, you, you've got to give him his crew, kudos. He's you've got career. 37 goals in 88 games for Northampton. Not bad. Um, not as good at Gillingham, one in four. Um, but then um, 34 goals in 80 games for Northampton again. It's OK. Um, and then for Wiccan Wanderers, he's got um, basically a one one goal every um, three games, which is not bad for a target man. That's
0: better than 90% of the strikers that come into our football club, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I and I think that he does get unfairly tarnished with the, he's a big bloke, you hoof it to him, he, he chests it down. And someone yeah, as we come on to this game, He's, he's quite good. The good. goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just a very unique player. But um, yeah, in the twilight now, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't. Well, definitely wouldn't want. Him, wouldn't want him now. I don't think. But he's, no, no. know, he's having a good season. But we're, we're trying to be a different club now, aren't we? Under Ricketts, and I don't think it would really work with him. But yeah, interesting. Um, interesting. It was a lot of connections in this game in terms of talking about you know Robinson and stuff earlier on. But one of the things I found interesting in the um, in the uh, commentary on this game was Stuart Dunn talking about Calvin Langmead and how he was asked in the match program who was his best mate and it was actually still um Chris Neil from their time at, the, at Shrewsbury Town so it must have been interesting for him to be playing against his best mate it does happen in football i suppose more more than we know i guess but always interesting when two best friends come up against each other yeah no
1: definitely a good <laughs> good player for us um a bit of a weird career because he yeah played did went for us went to peterborough then went back then went to northampton um, yeah which was yeah he didn't really work out For him at Peterborough um, And then he obviously Then kind of slid down The leagues a little bit
0: Yeah Peterborough was a step up Wasn't it at that point in time They yeah. were in league one Weren't they and, and he wanted to have a crack at it And he, he'd done so well for us And he played so long I don't think anyone Begrudged that We've move. got a
1: fee for him yeah, as well Exactly so.
0: yeah um but yeah, but no it didn't didn't seem to go too well. He's still playing now for Harrogate, which is which is pretty interesting at a decent-ish level, I suppose, in the non league. So He's thirty five now. So. Yeah, exactly. So to be playing at that age fair play to him. Um talking about the commentary, Ollie, it was hilarious. Do you do you remember the Rennie Howe incident? Um No. So uh, this is a bit of an knowledge. so we played I can't remember the team now, it might have been South End, and um Carl Regan, who'd been starting for town earlier in this season, um right back, um got really knackered by Rennie Howe, who was this like big fat bloke that played at front for South End, I think it was. And um, obviously, you could tell Steve Cross was still very miffed about Rennie Howe and what he did to, to Carl Regan. Because um, at one point, he talks about uh, Akin and how big he was. But then he said, well, he's not like Rennie Howe. You know, he's just a lard. And I thought, hilarious. And Steve Cross clearly carried <laughs> a grudge, I think, in terms of anyone against Town. But I, th- I thought that was hilarious. And I know that a lot of people were, were really down on Rennie Howe at that point in time. Because it, it was a pretty X-rated challenge, wasn't it, if I remember rightly. But Editor's note. Uh this story was partially correct. Actually, it was Ruben Hazel who got injured, not Carl Reagan, and uh also it wasn't South End, it was Torquay. But apart from that, pretty spot on. Yeah, there we go. That was quite hilarious. Um but 8 minutes in, first chance of the game Ollie.
1: Yeah, um ball ball comes into um Akunfenya, um but yeah, heads over. Um yeah, brush sheriff off as if he wasn't there. Um, and yeah, shows that threat and that, that what they were going to do um, their kind of a, their tactic straight off.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, I think Sharps did better with with Akin Fenway than Sheriff did at times, to be fair. But um they did both Not well. Too surprising. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He needed that physicality. Um but we went straight down to the other end a minute later and, and responded with a cross from from Mark Wright, who whipped it into Morgan, but he did the same thing as Akinfender and and headed over really. And yeah, I, I'd forgotten how high Marvin Morgan could jump. He was like a he was like a basketball player when he went, really got some air, wasn't he? And sometimes he got Probably too
1: basketball? imagine he was a basketball <laughs> player in his youth. I'm just making a massive <laughs> assumption there. But yeah, you'd imagine that he was over his height he'd have been encouraged to
0: play. And he, and he worked damn hard, didn't he, Marvin Morgan?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we did. Well, you've got to work hard if you're playing 4 4 2 up front. Yeah, uh, yeah. And both him and Gornell worked well. Um, and they had a lot of success um, winning little tackles, um, winning the ball off defenders. Um, it was definitely uh, um, something that they were signed with that in mind, I think.
0: Yeah, and about 10 minutes in, a really good example of what we used to get from Morgan was um, someone hit an aimless ball down the wing. And Morgan was basically standing on sort of like the you know, between the halfway line and the, and the penalty spot, right in the middle of the pitch. And the defender, the, the left, the right backs, you know, chasing back to sort of get it, and and he just runs really hard from the center of the pitch, and just gets there, and you think, well, he's never going to get anything out of this, and he just sort of gets in enough to sort of win a corner and um, it, that was the sort of thing I liked about it he had really big strides and it was deceptive how quickly he could close people down so yeah you're right you know what you just said was was, was true and I think that was a really good example of it but um, yeah it wasn't to be the corner went to nothing and then after 30 minutes really we should have been behind um, yeah
1: Northampton again <laughs> a threat which is going to be quite ironic if you don't if you didn't go to this game maybe you were too young and you haven't watched it back yeah this might be a bit of a surprise
0: mm. yeah this was this is the one where they put a ball in and this time it didn't go to Aquafel but it found Jacobs um, it was about ten yards out, and he, he tried to toe poke it, um, and it would have beat the keeper. All ends up, but luckily Sheriff got close enough to him, and he sort of lurched to the floor, and it, it took a real sl- sort of slight deflection because Neil was going the wrong way. And, and yeah, yeah, they, they were making chances, and they, they were in the game. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was difficult to see to see. Yeah, at that point in time, you might have thought Northampton would go on to get it, but only a couple of minutes later, um, you know, sixteen minutes, and and we were one 0 up, and it was a really nice goal.
1: Yeah, very, very nice goal. Very nice play. Um, hey, what happened, Glenn?
0: Yeah, it was it was nice play um, and and nice play in midfield, I thought, before Wright got it. Um, instead of going out wide, he, he cut in this time and, and drove on. Um, before he had a, a long shot that sort of defended off the the heel, uh, sort of deflected sorry off the heel of the keeper, of the of the defender, um, gave the keeper no chance. Similar to that chance I was talking about with Jacobs before, um, the keeper was going the wrong way after the deflection. Um, whereas, yeah, luckily, it was the other way around. So, yeah, pans across the town end, town end, and, and all the fans were going nuts. And and uh, you know, you talked about there being five thousand in there and town taking a big following, but it was one of those ones where it felt and it looks you know, on the highlights like the whole away end was full. And they're always a better yeah. experience, aren't they?
1: Yeah, definitely. Home fans are definitely quiet, obviously, because of their 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 struggles. Um, but it was it was a funny game because then a couple of minutes later, um, Town should have been two um, 0 up. Um, yeah. So bit of a flick from McAllister, Gornal, and um, one on one keeper comes out and makes a save. And really should have scored. Um, and yeah this is interesting this is when Northampton fans fans, Northampton and defence start arguing with each other uh, <laughs> and obviously this is the kind of maybe this is why they went with A.D. Brewthor on the end so we can maybe bring a bit of coaching into the team because defensively um, they're all at sea at times
0: so, yeah 17 minutes into the game when you should be 2-0 down and your defender, defender defenders are already shouting at each other you know, you know as, as a town player you must have took one look at that and thought we're in here you know this is going to be Let's a game for us yeah exactly so um Yeah, 20 minutes in there was a bit of handbags Um, I think it was someone
1: someone made a bit foul This this, this, this is a big bugbear of mine (laughs) this kind of refereeing
0: Yes Not great, was it?
1: No So (laughs) what happened so basically there was a bit of handbags um, because um, basically Richards nearly had his leg broken Yeah uh, and he pushes the player Now, yes, you shouldn't push the player Um, But there was a yellow card and uh, I don't know, I guess you could say um, he, he deserved a yellow card. But for me, he just feel like sometimes the referee does this just to kind of calm things down and please the home fans.
0: Yeah, I think it all calmed down when Akinfenna Adaf- a- 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 was charged in there and nobody <laughs> nobody really wanted to say anything when he came in there. It calmed down, but yeah, he booked both, from not Richards and Jacobs, which um, wasn't helpful, I suppose, for the midfield battle because they had to be on their best behaviour. But yeah, it, it was very much a, I'm stamping my authority down here and I'm going to book both of you and, and, and make it an even situation. So I know it annoys you, um, but yeah, referees do it, don't they? It's, it's part of the game, unfortunately. Um, a minute later, we had a really good chance where Morgan put it over the bar, um, which was a bit unfortunate. And it did look really easy, as we keep saying about how they defended. It looked easy for us when we were going forward. We, we were creating half chances and decent chances. And um, as I say, their defence was just a bit of a shambles, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, they were they were not very good, but <laughs> not very good at the back. But still, but still got a threat going forward.
0: Yeah, without the finishing though, no. they had a series that of awful shots. That was the for me. Mm. So
1: yeah, you talk about the stats. Um, but in general, um, I don't know whether they were shooting to kind of, you know, when you say when your people like shoot almost just to get the stats up or something, and <laughs> um, whether they were targeted to get more shots. And we, some, we were talking about Ricketts earlier in the season that the you know you kept talking about shots in the post match, yeah, and you were wondering whether the players were just being told to shoot irrelevant of where yeah. they were, and some of their shots were pretty tame. Some of them were, I think they probably got counted as shots, but some of them were almost cross shots. You know what I mean? Just a bit, yeah. bit aimless.
0: Yeah, they wasn't. They weren't great, were they? To be fair, and I think at this point in time, they because they were wasting their half decent chances once they got on box. I thought we got on top. We'd been on yeah. top, but I thought we got really on top after about twenty seven, twenty thirty minutes. It was really nice passing from Town, um, and, and I thought, as you say, we were keeping them at arms length, which was sort of forcing them to. To sort of have the long shots, and and those long shots, both of the two or three I think that came in that period were from hitting attack and defend, where he kind of laid it off, or he knocked it down, and someone had a long shot, and that, that's all they really had at that point. And interestingly, uh, on half an hour, Steve Cross, with his expert ex pro knowledge, I suppose, said, "If Tang get a second here, they will collapse like a house of cards." And uh, very accurate comment that Ollie, you know, in, t- in terms of what happened. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, he was correct. Um, I don't think he was quite expecting as many goals <laughs> as we <laughs> did have. Um, but yeah, then we went into a bit of a poor period of the game. spree where I got my phone out um, because yeah, it was basically a bit aimless, wasn't it? A little bit league two.
0: Yeah, yeah, which you always get in these games for, for league two level. You know, the the intensity comes out of both teams, and and it's not awful to watch per se. You know, it's just people passing it around midfield, and real, really no penetration. There was a good five minutes where it happened, and then. You know, probably running up, running up to the goal, really, on 38, where we went 2 nil up. So um, it, it kind of worked out for us because maybe it sort of lulled them into a, a little bit of a, of a sort of, I don't know, um, yeah, like a, a bit more of a, a lazy attitude, I suppose. That, I mean, that's not really fair. But yeah, 38, that was it. We got the second and um, the, the collapse started, really, I suppose. Um, and yeah, a, a, another good goal, I thought, Ollie, in terms of, in terms of this one. Um, and another one that really pointed towards the, the, the hard work of Marvin Morgan.
1: Yeah, very good. Um, very good bit of play. And again, shoot down a little bit lucky, I think it's it's fair to say. Um Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. So so Mar- Morgan works hard, uh, wins the ball, and uh, McAllister puts the ball forward um to Gornell who kind of pushes Langs off, um, and then basically just yeah, he just has a bit as a shot. Um, and, it, yeah, it just it, go, it clips over um, the goalkeeper into the back of the net.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's not going out as a shot as it is. Um, it's, it, he kind of goes to have a shot, but then he almost does like a little reverse back heel to right. He's right behind him and sort of comes in and he has the shot and, and hammers it home from close range, really. And I think it's it's the little back heel really that sets this goal up and, and a neat goal. And And I looked it back a few times. I do... Think it's not a mistake from Gornell. He he must have heard a call from Wright, and he almost just sort of hovers his foot over the ball and just leaves it, which is really good forward play. To to be fair, I think, and um, yeah, re- really good to be fair. And 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 two 0 uh, You know, as, as Steve Cross said, <laughs> um, they were going to collapse. And yeah, again, another chance where we get to listen to Steve Cross just going mental after we score.
1: Yeah, it was. And uh, I think <laughs> you'd feel for Northampton fans at this point, wouldn't you? because you know yeah, yeah. A bit. It, but yeah so one, <laughs> one thing one is you you're a North fan you film Shrewsbury a little bit lucky but also listen to the commentary back it's really funny cuz um, yeah cross is definitely Shrewsbury town fan he must really <laughs> wind up the um the opposition and radio Press. stations because he's he's full on full on um celebrating
0: yeah I do miss him to be fair like the guys that do it now do a really good job but he was uh, definitely something different we had for this sort of maybe he did like five seven years something like that during this era um, and he was always brilliant Value when you listen to the commentary of, of away games for example where the sort of ones I would be listening to because i go to all the home games and yeah diff- different commentators do different things don't they and um, yeah he's really was really good Steve Cross and, and he also like we always listen to him and think he was that comical shouting getting excited thing but as I say he made really good observation to this game from being an ex professional yeah he was a good man a good bloke. Um, anyway, we'll finish off this half, Ollie, because we've got another goal to talk about yet, yeah, and, and basically game over. But yeah, Northampton did have a chance before we scored the third, um, and that was their best chance where someone did a really dink little cross, and Berrahino must have been like five, six yards out, and he headed over. Um, really poor miss. Um, and then, there yeah, 42 minutes, just rolling up to half time, 3 0 town. And um, this goal was just really easy, to be honest with you. McAllister just sort of isn't looking, just does a hook forward um, as the ball's coming out of the air. Gornell squeezes in between both the centre backs who are basically having a nightmare. Um holds it up and then plays a really nice little ball into to Aaron Weldig. Um and his shot, this is the I think maybe yeah, this is the one you were talking about before, this is the one where it takes deflection and loops up over the keeper. So a little bit of luck in it. But again, really good forward play by Gornell, who, who really did have a good first half.
1: Yeah, it was yeah, it was it were again, as I said, we were very good on the on the break, mm. very decisive in our attacking play. And it's really clear what we want to do as soon as we get the ball. It's get the ball to the strikers and also um, really play ball into space. Yes. Um and you know we weren't you know when you do play this kind of formation you're not going to dominate possession um but we're really direct but really smart as well. You know yes. you see um you see when the fullbacks get the ball the wingers aren't just standing wide sometimes they go narrow um, and when the fullbacks just you know cook on push on we'll keep it creating angles. So you know you got to give GT a lot of credit. He, he really did know how to coach this formation um and he recruited to play this formation as well. You know there was there's a lot of um Lot of um, forward planning in in this team.
0: Mm. And it's entertaining to watch. You know, we're talking about a seven-two, uh, and we watched the two-two the other week, which was. But you know, I, I liked watching this team play football. It was entertaining. You know, we we very rarely ever had the this is boring or negative. You know, tactic about Graham Turner and, and this particular team. Maybe the season we built up to this this season, so the previous season, and then this season we got promoted. They were two. Really good seasons. Um, the League One team, less said about that, the better, I suppose. But yeah, I think that's completely fair, and, and they knew what they were doing. Second half started. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Morgan tried to hit one from about thirty yards out on the on the volley, uh, and it went out and hit the corner flag. So that was quite hilarious. Um, and to be fair to Morgan, we'll talk about it when we get to his goal. But he was really desperate for a goal because he'd been on a yeah. long run. Um, he was. Yeah, so that was a bit unfortunate. And then 46, Jacobson got booked um, for a bit of a a sort of dived in. And it looked like he got the ball to me on this one, Ollie, because this leads to the goal. He did get the ball.
1: Yeah. He loves getting shooter time players um, sent off or booked. Um, And then for me, (laughs) Jacobson won the ball here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he, he fouled technically. I confirmed, didn't he? It sort of went down like a bag of, bag of spuds, um, and he got booked for this as well, which was really harsh, I thought. Um, and yeah, led to a dangerous free kick close in, um, and yeah, on forty-eight minutes, Ollie, what what happened with the dangerous free kick?
1: Well, that that the biggest left out in the league um, <laughs> absolutely rifles into the back of the net. Oof. Um, you can't complain. You can't c- complain. You can complain because it was never a foul. But in terms of you can't blame the goalkeeper. Cummelling
0: the goalkeeper, I can complain. I could complain a lot about this goal. It yeah. goes right through the centre of our wall. Got, you know, Did it oh, I didn't notice yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. It, it should never go through the centre of a wall, should it, to be honest with you, no matter what level you're at. So I don't blame Chris Neal because it's just come shooting through the wall. He's had no chance to react to it, and um, and that's it. I'd like to watch it back. Maybe they jumped over it a little bit, but to me, it looks about hip height and it somehow squeezes through. So good strike, um, and, and yeah, a hard strike. I wouldn't want it to get in the way of it, but yeah, that, that's the only thing you could really complain about in terms of the defending there. So um, yeah and as I said, the first goal we 'd let in for four hundred and fifty minutes, which was pretty mental to be fair. That was a really good you know run of clean sheets um and yeah, on the day, Ollie, did you think the comeback was on? Did you think your t- typical oh, pessimistic shoot of yeah. was frame
1: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely um and especially going to away northampton we 've had some funny games there um, and yeah. I think it 's fair to say that um they again, as we said, you know in the first half, they had some good um, some good moments of play um and yeah they they were they were good they were pushing forward um and you know i'd feel a bit sorry for their players really because yeah they have some good efforts um shot wide from um around the 52 minute mark um, yes and he's yeah they they're putting their kind of claim jacob starts to come into the game as well um, and shows the threat that he has
0: yeah it, they they had basically like three or four chances in this sort of period this was definitely their definitely their best period of the game i think between when they scored and and, and when we're we'll getting to fifty five minutes when they should have got through too. But yeah, they, they seem to just have a bit more possession then. Um and it also got the crowd involved in it. It's the first time you really yeah. heard the Northampton fans. Um, and
1: their fans did actually, so they booed at half time. Yes. But they did stick with their, their team. They did um, yeah. probably because they saw that there was still sort of a bit of fight in the team going forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah there was and they, they had chances to score and as you say they had a long shot on fifty one, um, they had another long shot on fifty two where Akenfender were laid it off again. He was really starting to dominate a little bit in this period, were, to be fair yeah. to him, so give him some credit. And then fifty five it should have been three two. They they had a long throw a long throw come in. Um it got flicked on near post and Berrehino was five yards out, c- comes Unbelievable. to his feet and he just passes it to Neil. It's a huge moment in the game really looking back, isn't it? It's a
1: terrible miss. <laughs> really, really poor miss. What
0: do you make of Berrehino, like in
1: general? Like Well he's just I- a bit of a I d- I don't know his background, um but he does seem a bit of a troubled um yeah, okay. character. You know, in terms of obviously moved to Stoke did nothing. Mm. Um, messed up his opportunity at West Brom um, left there under a cloud Um, and God knows where he plays now Um, but yeah for me a a good example of you know you hear about um, players having talent you know you get your Freddy ados and all those kind of stuff that have talent when they're kids and you only get to the top or make it in the game or stay in the game through a bit of luck but a lot of hard work yeah look at at two players in this game actually Um, James Collins and Berahimo, and you'd say that actually James Collins has gone to have a better career. He scored mm. goals in the championship, and where's Berahimo now? And you'd probably Beruhimo say he had better talent.
0: Is I've just googled it. He's at Zut Wargem in in. Belgium. <laughs> so okay. He's yeah, St
1: scored... James Collins plays in the Championship. So yeah, exactly, it's interesting. Yeah. Just shows you what hard work can do for you. Yeah, I guess
0: they're both coming through at the same time. And to me, Berrino is one of those guys that seems to have had a fair few chances and blown them at various places. Yeah, he's only 26. Do you know what I mean? And he he's got the chance if he did all right to come back somewhere. I'm sure someone would take a risk on him down the line. But yeah, he's yeah he's a Burundi international now, which is interesting. But there we go. Um, Sidetracked on a barino chat. We love a, um, st-
1: we love a tangent. <laughs> exactly. Going off on another tangent. I should be going to see Ramesh um, um, tonight, the comedian. So it just oh, through right. as a reminder. But yeah, obviously, that's <laughs> that lot <It's> a lockdown.
0: <laughs> That's that's the worst thing at the moment with you with the lockdown is you keep getting reminders to do things because obviously we're recording this and what would we have been doing now? We would have been celebrating the end of the season in a pub. We yeah. would have probably just finished watching the town. It was five o'clock kickoff wasn't it on a Sunday, so yeah. we'd have just been on probably train I, back or something. Uh, yeah, i would have been walking home, but now. Ugh, not to be, is it? And who, who knows? Well, yeah, we're thinking of doing a podcast on all this, aren't we? At some point, but we, we'll we'll talk about that at the end, maybe. Um, we did talk about GT always being resplendent in a nice grey suit, Ollie, um, when we looked at the Oxford game, which was towards the end of this season. But he was in a coat, Ollie. And to be fair, I remember it being pretty cold that day, so I think I'll allow it. But at this point in time, when. Um, when Northampton were completely on top of us, he was out in the technical area and he was just barking orders and, and clearly not happy with how the game was turning. And you, you can you could see when you just look at a technical area like that and see the gesticulations being made that he would not have wanted it to go three two because you know then anything can happen, can not it?
1: Yeah, and he had right to be frustrated because, um, as we say, yeah, we scored seven goals, but um, I, I think it's fair to say we didn't play that well
0: no, there's room for improvement definitely and that, that happened as the season went on really um, 60 minutes Jacobson oh, made a really risky tackle because he was always on a booking
1: yeah, this is a bit risky um, wasn't it
0: got away with it I mean as a Northampton fan I'd have been looking at that one post-game about something that could have changed the flow of the game but the referee just wasn't bothered just to give him a little what of talking to and then a minute later um, a certain Mr. Jake Robinson came on and got massive boos and obviously we, we've talked about in some of the time, Southcast Time Machine ones recently where we talked about Robinson and, and his history and stuff but just to con- kind of continue that story at the end of the season where he went on loan to Torquay and basically helped them knock us out of the playoffs. Um, he left the club under a little bit of a cloud, didn't he? And there were some comments made and town fans had not forgotten that by the time this no. game came around because he got hugely <laughs> booed, Ollie,
1: Yeah, it's really funny, isn't it? Because you'd, you'd mention to someone who, I don't know, 18 today, Shrewsbury Town fan, Jake Robinson, and they hear that Shrewsbury Town fans were booing him. You'd be like, I've no idea who he is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> How many games did he play for Shrewsbury? What? Doesn't make any sense. But that's just kind of the beauty of of football and, and why you love being a football fan and why we miss it so much because it's just that kind of bit of pantomime pantomime villain
0: I wish I'd looked up what he said when he left now. Was, there was definitely something there that had wriggled, wriggled a few people but um, there we go I think the, the substitution actually didn't help Northampton um, in my, my, my you know, no, he was non-existent he didn't do anything, and from 60 minutes after he came on through to 65, we got you know got a better foothold in the second half than what we had had, and we sort of stemmed the tide of their sort of positive play. Um, started to play some football ourselves and, and nullify Northampton, and yeah, um, you know we started to have our chances that went on there. But Sheriff got booked on 68. Um, fair enough that one, it was a little bit late on Berahino, sort of just almost beat him. Um, and they had a free kick dangerously, but this time Jacobs took it and um, it was a decent free kick actually, but just whistled over the bar. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, I, yeah, that was it really. I suppose, again, this this period in the uh, from 45 to maybe 60, 70 minutes was, was, again, one where we weren't playing brilliantly at points. You know, I think at points it's fair to say we, we weren't in the game. We, we started to get back into it, but you couldn't. You know, we mentioned it a few times now and we will mention it again. You couldn't fault the hard work of anyone, they They all worked really hard. Especially the
1: strikers. Yep, the strikers exactly. in particular stood out. Yes. Um, and I, yeah, I guess the midfielders are working fairly hard as well. But, um, yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, it's one of those where, yeah, we weren't, as you say, we weren't brilliant.
0: Yeah, and then 72, I, I felt really bad for Mark Wright. Um, I did love him, as we've talked about on previous podcast now, and he had a really good chance to score a hat trick in this game. So, again, McAllister, who I thought was great as well, played a, a really good through ball. Um, one of those sort of cutters between two defenders that the, the, the sort of forward can just run onto lovely. Um, he latches onto it Gets in on the keeper And a bit like the Gornell one first half Just has to beat the, the keeper But um, he came out and, and closed it down And oh yeah, it would have been nice He des- he probably deserved Patrick in this game Mark Wright Didn't he For everything he did
1: Yeah he did He had a superb game Absolutely mm.
0: brilliant There we go And yeah And then I suppose before we got To our fourth really Which killed the game off They had another big chance um, When all their front three um, Actually linked up quite well and, and Aaron Davis Put it wide from close range And that was a really good chance um, And And Watching this game back thinking, right, it ended 7-2. And at this point, it's just 3-1, Ollie. You know, we're way off the final score yet. And we're ticking around to sort of 81 minutes and it's still 3-1. And I, I just, I really had, I remember this, the end of this game being mad. But actually, maybe mad doesn't do it justice, Ollie. The no. end of this game is absolutely crazy, isn't
1: it? Well, it's really funny because you're watching the commentary back. And they're doing man, man of the match at oh, 3 yeah. At 3-1, yeah. they're doing man of the match. Um, and the game ends 7-2. Yeah. So <laughs> you've got a lot of goals left to go. And um, the picking man of the match. Um, and, and yeah, interestingly- two minutes later, what happens?
0: Well, yeah, two minutes later, we, we finally go and sort of uh, put the game to bed, really. Uh, 4-1, I suppose, and, and what we thought was to bed anyway. But yeah, Morgan finally scored. Um, again, McAllister does really well, being that attacking midfielder, sort of trundled forward. And again, just plays a really simple, smart little ball into Morgan's feet. And, and to be fair to Marvin, Morgan does really well. Takes a touch um, and sort of holds his man off with a bit of the strength that he had and hammers it into the back of the net. And he really celebrated this goal. He went right up to the fans. You can see how delighted he was. Um, Ten it's games... Broke. Ten games he scored for Ollie.
1: Yeah, he gets booked as well, doesn't he? <laughs> he did. For yeah, a oh, celebration. Sorry. Yeah, Steve Cross. This referee mental. was very inconsistent in his kind of management of the game. I thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it was it was a bit, but yeah, I, you know, you could tell that everyone was so delighted for him, players, fans, you know, the commentators as well. They, you know, the, the they, you know, kept, I think Steve Cross kept throwing to him as the big man, and I'm glad the big man's got back in the goals. And and Steve Steve Cross was really positive about Marvin Marvin Morgan and what he brought to us. Um, and again, one of those players that was really well liked, but maybe we didn't don't actually reflect how quite how good he was at times, because um, he definitely had a lot of skills. And and then yeah, here we go. It was. Four one, eighty four minutes gone. That's that's the game over, isn't it? We can just relax. Um, and then uh, yeah, eighty five. Northampton have an attack, and oh, what happens?
1: <laughs> yeah, and this is what we were talking about. Um, Akonfenua, yeah, we lose the ball in midfield. Jacob comes yeah. forward, um, gets the to Akonfenua, and to be fair, this is a really, really subtle, tidy finish. Yeah, Raring the goalkeeper into the near the post, into the back of the net, um, and absolutely brilliant. And any striker would be proud of that finish.
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying he has got that which i think you know elevates him amongst some of the sort of big cumbersome blokes who, who you know isn't, there's a reason why Andy Carroll got to the level he got as a big bloke he was also pretty good with his feet and you know, also devastating in the air, and I think that you know, ackerfen was not quite that good, but he has got an ability on the floor, and this goal definitely showed it. Um, it was a little bit fluky because Jacobs had a shot, you know, on the edge of the box, and it, and it just deflects nicely into the path of ackerfen But to be fair, he quick feet, one touch, and a shot, and you, you can't really argue with that. You know, there's many many strikes to be chuffed with that. Um, so four two, I don't think we were really that panicked, were we? Because it was 85 minutes, and we still yeah. had a two goal margin. So um Collins who had who had been waiting to come on a little bit um uh, for, for Gornell um had to wait a little bit longer and then he eventually came on in 87 minutes and this is fantastic so he comes on in 87 minutes um and scores with his first touch on 88 to make it 5-2 so yeah Hurst took a quick throw to Richards and, and then Hurst gets the ball back off him and plays a really delicious ball over the back line a little looping ball really into really really run as
1: well yeah um, really dangerous Collins. area
0: Terrible, uh, yeah London, but, but still yes it was and um it, that was you know, the Collins that we're seeing now isn't it that that intelligence in terms of his running on and, and I can um, remember
1: that finish it was almost I can remember that finish so clearly
0: such a tidy <laughs> finish really good goal I think where we were standing was right behind you know like in line with it to, to so the, the we were just the to the left we were just yeah. left to the
1: goal so we've would had a beautiful angle of him cutting in and shooting oh, across us um, yeah brilliant brilliant finish
0: and, Literally he he lets the ball do the work. So the ball yeah. over the top is difficult. He lets it bounce once. He just watches it and he smashes it home with his first yeah. touch. And yeah, very rarely someone comes on and scores with their first touch. And normally it's like a header or something, isn't it? But um yeah, really, really good goal. And again, yeah, vivid a vivid memory. And five two after this one, Northampton are absolutely gone. Um yeah. they from from eighty eight minutes onwards we could have scored four or five more. We obviously only got two, but they were so poor from this point onwards and, and yeah. say we got in, into all injury time all at sea
1: weren't they well, absolutely all at sea um, yeah. and it didn't take long for us to score again so Morgan gets the ball on the right hand side plays into McAllister who's running into the five yard into the penalty area he slides in and puts it over and yeah. I don't understand how he didn't score it was a I uh, know a momentous opportunity and if that, if that had been I don't know one all or something like that you'd be ruined that, that opportunity <laughs> we'd we'll be ranting about it on the podcast but yeah here we're just going to cross over it because it doesn't really matter
0: it doesn't does it no he was sliding he was just stretching wasn't he to try and get something on it and it's kind of look, gone off his toe and over the bar sort of thing and yeah I mean that was that was uh, 92 but then two minutes later we come again and you know, Jacobson scored some good goals in his career. He's obviously doing really well for Wickham and stuff, and scored an absolute banger at home against Sheffield United. Maybe that was his best goal for, for Shrewsbury Town, I think. You know, the one where he sort of hit a dipping volley and it curved from sort yeah. of 35 yards. To be fair, this goal's not much worse than that. It's, it's it's a this is a really good goal. Any any player in any position would be so proud of this goal.
1: Yeah, it's an absolutely superb goal. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, and one that um, he says himself today he said one of my favourite ever games in goals
0: oh right that's
1: yeah, good brilliant so he just picks it up um, from basically I don't know halfway line yeah just and just halfway. jinx runs jinx um and yeah, in in, in, in criticising Northampton, they didn't put a lot of pressure on him, but he still had to keep going <laughs> and he still had men to beat. And then he just absolutely fires into the back of the net. And a um, brilliant goal, another goal I can remember really well. Uh, mm. Yeah, amazing. And town fans just go mental um, and start chanting, We want seven
0: it was his first goal for the club as well so what a a way as a left back to open open your account do you know what I mean just do that and I think it was another one of those things where you thought fair play GT has put together a pretty good League 2 team here because you know we've got left backs doing this sort of thing that doesn't happen very often and yeah I I thought you know we just continued and we were really good like I know they were poor but we played some really nice football in this last 10-5 minutes Really nice passing. I thought Morgan and Wright were particularly inspired during this thing. They started doing like little little flicks and little driving on and, and Wright just looked unplayable at times. And um, yeah, as we went into whatever it was, the 94th minute with Town fans 1 in 7, um, we got it and we got it in the most comical of fashions. Yeah. And, and I still, to this day, will only look back on this goal with a, a, a tinge of sadness for Kelvin Langmead because yeah. I really like the play. <laughs> and I could remember,
1: I could, I could still remember, this is one of the most vivid memories I have of um, Kelvin Langmead. <laughs> lying on the ground, his face in the dirt, oh. um, in the penalty area. Um, so yeah, town attack. Collins basically gets um, off the sh- off the shoulder of the centre back
0: yeah. into
1: the box, um, and this is where Collins showed himself his bit of class. He could have shot, couldn't he? Yeah. No one would have begrudged him shooting. He was really yeah. close to goal, but he saw that Marvin Morgan was coming running in. He plays it to him. Marvin Morgan doesn't get the best touches on it. and um, He kind of starts bobbling towards goal, and Kelvin Langmead hits it with his hand into the back of the net, <laughs> and he lands on. And I can remember seeing, like, he's almost like, you know when like, someone falls and their legs go up behind them? I can yeah. still remember seeing his name on the back of his shirt and <laughs> as he's lying in the mud. And you're just thinking, oh God, that's one of the players that's got lucky. Yeah, obviously at this point, 2011, is yeah, one of the players I've been, you know, seen uh, uh, you know, most... a Town player that yeah, the player player's played a lot of games and I've seen him play a lot of lot of games in my in the shirt. And here yeah. he is, face down in the mud, um, <laughs> putting the ball into the back of the net.
0: Oh, poor Langers, poor Langers. It was upset and he got up, he was so angry to have done that in yeah. front of, you know, the town fans that had sort of beloved him for such a long time. And um and uh, he just he got it, and it's just he looks, you know, ashamed, angry, disappointed. You know, going, going through all of the things. But um, yeah, I think that you know, I, I don't think any Town fans really rubbed it in on the day. I think we were seven to no. up, and we felt a bit bad for him, and I still really do on this one. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sad, but seven two, as I say, what w- Stu Dunn was was popping out the uh, the, the sevens yeah, as well. Wasn't
1: seven it? <laughs> in a kind of Martin Tyler Aguero style um shout. It was brilliant. The
0: tap-in, <laughs> going in on goal, squares it for Morgan, and it's been two seven! 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 Brilliant, fair play. And uh, weirdly, as I look in the highlights, I didn't really spot this during the other goals, but there's one. One town fan dressed as a as a as a monkey like a monkey suit on with a town fan over the top town shirt over top of it which was a bit random so yeah fair play to that bloke and that was it that literally was the last kick of the game only and uh, yeah it, was, seven it hard to,
1: yeah it was the game you thought you'd carry on then all of a sudden yeah it's just gone um, it's all over yeah. Um, but yeah brilliant win um, seven goals a KFC. <laughs> um, and in a way away supporters win. There's nothing better of a, a game in in two thousand eleven for me.
0: No, that was that was peak peak my Saturdays away that was. So um, there we go. I, I think we've talked about Northampton enough, we won't cover it too yeah. much to so say. They they look like they had better players in the way they played that season, that's for sure. But um yeah, they eventually got themselves safe as it went late on. Um, my top three, uh, I went for Mark Wright um, because I just thought he was really good through the whole game. Unlucky not to get a hat-trick. Um, just devastating as the game went on in terms of running out players and, and being a really hard person to mark. But also, he always gave you an option out wide where you could ping it wide and he had such an immaculate first touch that you could just bring it down and you knew that you weren't going to lose the ball. And that was really useful for a four four two team like this. Um I went James Hurst second, Ollie, because I thought he had a really strong debut, um, coming into a team with a load of players he didn't know, he, he just looked class and, and didn't really put a foot wrong, obviously assisted one of the goals as well, and, and for me, much like the Oxford game, I thought Sean McAllister was, was way better again than I ever thought he was, he, he was so much better as an attacking midfielder than I ever remember, and I don't know why I've got such a blind spot against it, but yeah, again, I thought he was class.
1: Yeah, I thought he was a tidy player, I always like these kind of players. Um, you know the kind of uh, the technical kind of midfielder that can, but like, you know played play nice through balls. I love a through yes. ball, um, and he was really good at that. Um, my, yeah, my my top three was right, um I'm sure McAllister, and then I went for Joe Jacobson. I thought he had a really good game, uh, ah. made no mistakes, um, and then his goal was just superb. Um, so yeah, I went I went for him.
0: I, I think that's fair because I went back and looked at my Twitter because obviously we were doing the, the live tweet in and I gave Jacobson man of the match on the day. But you were um,
1: calmer in those days.
0: <laughs> yeah well like we were saying like now I'll tweet every little moment that's happening under of tweets on a Saturday I think I tweeted like 9, 10, 11 times during the whole of this game but maybe it's because I probably had a drink and I was enjoying my day so yeah maybe maybe that's me I need to go back to that Ollie but interestingly yeah it was tough for Steve Cross and his man of the match because obviously he picked it on 80 minutes um, and he gave it to Aaron Wildig which I thought was a bit of a random call but he had a good game but I don't know he didn't make our top 3's did he? <laughs>
1: No, he didn't.
0: <laughs> a bit harsh. Unlucky, unlucky, Steve. You missed a lot in that game. Um, normally, I'd go through Graham Turner's comments now to wrap this one up, but um, yeah, because the only home program missing from this season in my collection, Ollie, is the next one after this game, which was um, Morecambe at home. So I couldn't give you Turner's comments. But anyway, on the basis of what happened at the Berry game, his next con didn't even talk about it, so it, it might not have been in there. But I, I did read the the sort of highlight from the Shropshire Star, which thought was good, and it said Seven Up Shoes reproduced a stunning display at Northampton to make it three away victories on the trot. Graham Turner's side ran riot to heap the problems on struggling and managing, managerless at Northampton. So there we go, that was what the shop started to say about it. Um, so all in all, yeah, uh, another Good sort player. of, uh, uh, definitely worth being included in what, you know, a, a classic Shrewsbury Town game of, you yeah. know, the last 20 years, I think.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. It's nice going back and having those, yeah, those memories of those players and, yeah, just a final thing on Mark Wright, what a player. Like, oh, he was great. And, and um, Stuart Dunn mentions it in the commentary that Town fans are having a go at him and, Whoever are those town fans, I need to have a good look at themselves. <laughs> a winger that scores double got more than, you know, in a 4-4-2, not even a 4-3-3, a mm. winger that gets double digit figures, plays on the left wing, but is double, can do go right and left. Yes, he was playing in League 2, but for me, he's one of the best players I've had. Um, have to, I don't know if he's in my team. i have to go and double check because we are going to do team of the, um, of, the, of the new Meadow, weren't we? Um, yeah. I need to go back, and if he's not in it, I'm going to have a word myself. Um, but he's such a good player. And there's some really good players in this team that got give you fond memories. Sharps, Jacobson, um, Sheriff. Um, you've got Matty Richards, who's a bit of a quarterback at times. Some of his balls are excellent as well. Um, and then even players that... We had some real talent in this team, like, um, like Weldig. He was a good player as well. I liked to play seeing yeah. him play.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting, because next Sunday, Ollie, we're covering the 7-0 victory at Wickham um, from the 7th of October 2008. Um, so... Yeah, it'd be interesting actually. We can do a direct comparison in the next week about two Shrewsbury teams that scored seven goals away from home, which is totally rare. Um, and maybe have a comparison of the eleven versus eleven and see which we think was the better team. Really, um, obviously Holt's going to be the best striker of all of them. But yeah, I think yeah. it might be quite close. Um, so we've got that this week. But yeah, that'll be a, a nice one to cover next week because that, that's one of my favourite games of the of the sort of uh, Paul Simpson era for sure. Um, but just to give a heads up to everyone as well, this week, Shrewsbury are putting out our, our 1-0 victory at Cheltenham um, from the fourth uh, from the 25th of April 2015, where we clinched promotion back into to League One um, under Mickey Mellon um, on an emotional day, so that'll be, it. that'll be a good game. And then a really good thing for people to watch out for, which I think is going to be fantastic, is on um, the 8th of May, so that's the bank holiday that's coming up this Friday, Ollie. Shrewsbury are putting out the conference season highlights, all the goals. Um, for the whole of that mad season. So I'm really looking forward to watching that because um, that'll be some uh, some good memories as well, Ollie.
1: Yeah, no, it's all good. And um, <laughs> yeah, I hope, hope people enjoyed the finance pod as well and getting some nice comments and tweets. We had one during yeah, this recording of um, as well. Uh, um, someone who's um, not a Shooter Town fan um, was retweeting the podcast saying how brilliant it was. So yeah. Um, Please, if you want to listen to that, that's that's we did that as a Zoom video um, with Ant Thomas and Kieran Maguire, who's yeah a um, football finance expert who's on Sky and BBC and has done his own book and he's got his own podcast. So that was it's really great yeah. that he would come on. Um, so yeah, if you if you want to find out about Shrewsbury and also concerned about you know how we are maybe going to fare in this period, um, yeah, worth have worth listening to that.
0: Ollie, I, I wasn't on that podcast. As people who've listened to it will know, and I thought you did a, an absolutely fantastic job on it, and it was really good. I do like listening to ones I'm not on, but I, you know, I learned a lot listening to that podcast, listening to, to, the, to the finance guys particularly, and and the questions you asked. And I think it is maybe essential listening, to be honest with you. If, if I'm if I'm being honest about where we're at at the moment, and and something that I wish all Sheffield Town fans would listen to and, and get an idea of quite what this club's done over the last 20 years, where, why we're at where we're at, and how we can ride through maybe probably the most difficult time since the ITV digital collapse. And I think that, yeah, I think that came across strongly. And I'm more proud of where we're at now than maybe I was before I started listening to it, which is interesting. So, yeah, essential listening for me. I'll be that one. Well done. Cool.
1: <laughs> cool. And yeah, we will be whacking out some more podcasts. Um, maybe we'll do something on COVID. We haven't done anything on COVID. We need COVID for a while. Uh, sure. So maybe we'll do that. Um but yeah, hope everyone enjoyed listening. Um, nice to go back in
0: time again, Glenn. And we should do it next week. Catch you on Sunday.